Well, I'm on a mission this year. It's I'm like, on a mission to finish my holiday shopping. Can you believe it's December? I know, the holiday, the Christmas is coming up. But I'm going to be done by the end of next week. That's what I've promised myself. You've already done that much shopping? Well, I've done a fair amount of it, but... Um, how have you... How do you... Are you buying it all online? How are you... Some of it online. How do you have the time? In the stores. I just manage. I, I find the time. That's crazy. I've gotten some gifts for you already, and I know that you don't want any gifts, and I just wanted to talk about that a little bit, that it's very, very difficult... To deal with somebody around the holidays who doesn't want to, <laughs> to receive any with, gifts. You're dealing with me. Well, but I mean, okay. look at it from my perspective. It's like, yeah. I want to get you some gifts mm -hmm. because the tree would be bare without some presents for you as there always Why have been Why don't you just wrap presents. some cardboard boxes? And, uh, <laughs> just wrap an empty box. Well, I could, I suppose. Uh, but you keep saying, well, don't get me anything. And I say, well, what would okay. you like? I don't want anything. Over the past 26 years, I always have purchased something for you for the holiday. Okay. But you're in a place where you don't want any more material. I'm actually, like, the gifts that you have given me... You don't have to, like, go through that preamble. You can just... Like, actively harm me on they, a day-to-day -day oh, basis. Oh, I thought you were going to say <laughs> the gifts that I've given you have been wonderful gifts, but... No? No, they, I feel actively harmed. Yeah. Psychologically, emotionally, mentally... By gifts that you give me. I think that your your mind was taken over by, who is that woman? Marie Kondo? No, Marie Kondo. it's not. It's not. Was she, that her name? Yeah, she helped me fold because my clothes better. Because she taught you how to fold your socks and, and, and roll up your shirts, you haven't been the same. Okay. I've actually had a problem with the gift giving that you do since I was like 13 years old. You just... Tune it out. It actually kind of reminds me of what the High Sparrow did okay. to the We're king not gonna... in Game of Thrones. No. Listen, you have this emphasis that you've had since I was a child on this like extreme gift giving, which I think is extraordinarily generous. Right. And I don't want to in any way suggest that I'm not grateful for your generosity right. and all of the wonderful things you do in the effort. I am so aware of it and I so appreciate it. But you also do this to this just such an extreme extent that you are giving me so much physical stuff right. that I otherwise wouldn't have for myself. And then what's happening is I have a very small living space. You give me tons of books and the books you give me are really, really nice. But for me, I like, because of the way that my brain has worked, and you've known this since I was a little girl, like it's very hard for me to sit down and read, you know, and so w with the amount of books that you've given me, right? I like looking at pictures and things, but really like it's, it's not leisurely for me to try to sit down and read a lot like that where it is for you. And so what ends up happening is I have these enormous books that I have nowhere to put. And so if you go into my bedroom, I don't, I'm like, it's oppressive how much stuff I yeah, have. No, I get this. And, and well, a lot of the stuff, when you give me gifts, right. even if they're things like from years ago that I don't want anymore, like the, the these ginormous books about like the Twilight movies, right? From when I was into Twilight. Yeah. I'm not, I can't part with them because, because I have an emotional attachment to that. Cause I look at that Take and it's like, the this is, yeah, but I look at that and I say, well, this is like a gift that my father went and he picked out for me and it means something. I don't have a bookshelf at the moment. Right. So you've been right. in my room. They're books piled up well, all over the floor. Well, you have your bookcase here. It's completely full. Filled. Okay, well, And I... so I'm just asking you, like, I also want you to save your money and use it for other things. And for me, like, 
I, if I know that I want something, I can ask for it. But I just feel like other than that, I really don't want material well, things. Well, I've, I've, I've scaled back this year. So uh, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm actually listening to you. Uh, but like I said, it's I'm not going to not buy you some things for the holiday because I feel like for me that part of it is is maybe because of the way I was raised that part of it is like bound up in the season and I don't I'm not certainly not don't approach the season like uh, I think on a commercial level for me it's that twelve those twelve days are days of getting through the darkest period. And, uh, but aren't there other ways to do that other than like material? Well, objects? but I think that symbolically the giving of the gift, I think is important. I think that, uh, it's the, the exchange of something between two people. I think that, yeah, you could do without it. Uh, there have been times where I've thought about doing without it, but at the same time, I think that whole thing is structured with the tree and the presence under the tree and the idea that you sit together and exchange something that you think that the other person is going to find meaningful. I don't think that that is commercialism. I think, and it doesn't have to be something expensive or maybe what you're saying, a lot of stuff. And I, I agree with that. Yeah, see, um, I disagree. I don't do. like, I don't like that there are cultural expectations around gift giving. Yeah. I don't like that I have friends and they feel like they have to give me things. Right, but that's a but different I don't, thing. No, but it isn't. It isn't a different thing because what we set this traditional aspect, and I agree that there are nice parts of it, and it's really fun when you get something and you're like, I know this person's going to love it. I can't wait to give it to them. But every holiday season, I know people that are stressed out because they're like, well, I need to get something because I need to bring something for this person and that person and whatever, and I don't know what to get them. And I just feel like, you know... I don't know. Why do we have to be buying people stuff? I, I just like, I feel like there are things that are better than that. For me, I value experiences a lot more than material items. So mm -hmm. I would rather spend time with people more than I want them to bring me stuff that I'm going to stuff in a closet and not actually use. Yeah. But well, feel too guilty to throw away. The people I do get gifts for, I want to get gifts for them and they're easy to buy for because of the their varied interests. Um, and for myself around the holidays, it's not about getting the gifts. It's about having that opportunity to go out and shop and, and give somebody something. I don't, but I think it's an interesting thing. I think it's unfortunate in our culture that the whole thing is almost turned into that. And I think that it sets people up for a lot of unhappiness because they throw everything they have, including a lot of their money, into this thing that it comes up and it's one day and then the day's over quickly, and then I think there's a massive letdown in the aftermath of Christmas. That's why, for me, I stretch. I I, I celebrated for those twelve days after. So the twenty fifth is the beginning of it, not really the end, and it, and then it ends on January sixth. I, I would just I rather you take you. money that you're going to spend on my gifts and put it towards your art and your studio, and I would rather you put money in that way rather than buying me material items. Okay. Well, I, you know, you talk, as you bring this stuff up about the gift giving, I can't but help think about my uncle who had a particular strategy around giving gifts. Did I ever tell you about him? Yeah. Yeah. But tell me again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a really bizarre story because uh, the, we're going back to the 60s. Uh-huh. And so anything that, that I'm going to talk about, I think the Statue of Limitations has run out and uh, all the 
players are long since dead. But my uncle was uh, a successful person. Yeah. Uh, in the relative scheme of what things. What did he do? And he was, uh, he held a position in an organization uh, that was, uh, he was high up in this, in this organization. Was it like they, a Salvation Army They did charitable thing, work. No, it wasn't Salvation Army, but they did charitable work among the things that they did. And around Christmas time, he was in charge of uh, handling the Christmas donations uh, around uh, across a pretty good geographic area. What kind of like monetary donations? No, no, no. These were kids' toy donations. Oh. Now, contrary to the way things are today, where you might go and you have you to buy have, the toy. Right. I want to donate a gift, and it has to be a pristine book. Or I go to the store and I buy a, a toy uh, and throw it into one of the boxes near my job or whatever. Right. But they specifically the requirement is don't throw in some used toy. Yeah. Right. Don't use that as an opportunity to like clean out your basement and. Uh, That's how it was in the sixties. In the sixties, people just took unused toys, stuff that was open, broken, and donated it. Mm -hmm. And uh, these toys were cleaned up as much as possible and then distributed uh, to people who didn't have the means to get get new stuff. So around Christmas, my uncle would show up. With this giant bag of toys, with all these things you think wrapped he's Santa? up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he was certainly acting the part. That's what I'm picturing he, now with the bag. Right, he was certainly acting the part of this generous, giving person. And we were kids. I mean, I was a little kid. It didn't. I didn't know. So he hand you the thing. This is for you, uh, and you unwrap it. And I remember once he gave me this tank, and the tank had these wires because we didn't have anything that was radio controlled, and it, it went to a battery pack, and you pushed a button, and the tank moved. Mm -hmm. um, but I noticed when he gave it to me that the turret, you know, the front gun of the tank was completely broken off and missing. Mm -hmm. And you could see that this thing was beat up and had been played with. And of course, there's at the time I didn't realize, but now I know, it's not in a box. There's no packaging. You don't have to open anything. The batteries are already in it. Right. And it's broken up. And, and so... So it, obviously someone else had been playing with this right. before you. Right. And then he would give you something else. And it was always the same thing. There'd be a game, but the pieces were missing. Right? So you've got this... <laughs> yeah. Honestly, you, though, can, just besides the fact that like it's terrible what is happening here... You understand, I also right? think that it's... Um, no, no, no. I was going to say, I also think that's a sad commentary, though, that the, the, like, the kids in need are getting these right, toys. Well, like, this is what people are giving to needy children. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's awful. Yeah, so, so this would go on and on, and he'd empty out this bag... Yeah. And we'd all have this stuff. Right. And I remember having this vague feeling that this, this something, something's not right. Not right. Yeah. But I don't, can't see beyond my enjoyment with playing with this broken stuff. Yeah. Uh, that <laughs> would make me question that any further. And then I just remember there was one year, my father, he was so mad. And he didn't call my uncle out on it. This was my mom's brother. Right. But I just remember him fighting with my mother in the kitchen because my, my uncle left. And uh, he was just calling him all kinds of names and saying, that, that cheap bastard, he took those toys out of the... He raided uh, the donation yeah, boxes. Yeah, yeah, right. He basically shopped for us out of the donation uh, bin. Yeah. Right. 
And think of how bad that is. That's bad. It's it's, it's bad. really bad. And and so <laughs> what would happen to those toys? I you don't I, know, right? They disappeared. They would disappear because my father didn't want to confront my uncle directly for whatever reason. Yeah. But at the same time, my father was a pretty straightforward type of person, and uh, they would disappear pretty quickly. So where do you think they went? You think he threw them away? I or think, do you he think he just he... no. I think he just threw them away because he, he was appalled by the whole thing. Right. Yeah. It's again. It's one of those bizarre Christmas memories I have, and because it, as frequently happened in my childhood, there would be these things where the expectation level was suddenly subverted somehow by this like weird thing that would happen. Well, you know, I think that the real thing though is that your father had a set of expectations about behavior that other people in the family. I mean, we had several wild cards in the family. Yeah. So I think that your uncle, um, Nana's brother, I think was a wild card. Right. Kind of shook that up. Right. I think now you worked at a job where you were encouraged to steal around the holidays. Right, but was I your, didn't steal. You yeah. didn't, right? No. But the that story was the person in question a relative of yours? Yeah, he was. Now what? How was he? Was he, he an? He was. He was an uncle also. On mom's side. On uh, that was my on on my father's side. Okay. So it was kind of like it was pervasive through the whole family. Okay. So yeah, so he... he what kind of... This was like a restaurant? Restaurant, yeah. He managed a uh, restaurant. And around the holidays, even though it was a restaurant, we would have a Christmas party and uh, we would need things for this party, like tablecloths, because it wasn't that kind of a restaurant. Okay. And I remember it's, uh, we didn't have at the time uh, plastic cutlery and things like that and... Um, then there were holiday-related things he wanted purchased, and I remember I went to work there because, as kids, he would give you he would give us jobs there, so I worked there with my brother, that's my, nice, my cousin, my older cousin, and I remember once he called me in the back and he said, uh, "Come here, I want I want to talk to you," and and I said, well, "Okay, uncle, what what do you what is it? Uh, here's a shopping list for the Christmas party. Uh, get your brother, and because he treated all of us really badly, uh, me less so because I was the younger of the three. Mm-hmm. But he treated those two, the two older ones, horribly. So he said, "Get those two and uh, give them the list and tell them to bring the stuff back." And I stood there, assuming he was going to give me some money to buy this stuff. Okay. And he said, "What are you doing? Why are you stand?" I said, "Well, are you going to give me any money?" And he and he said, uh, "Money? I'm not giving you any fucking money." He said, uh, "Just." Take this list, give it to your brother, go out and get the stuff and come back. I just remember being like totally confused. Right, like how are you going to pay for yeah, it? Yeah, because he's basically saying you're going out to steal. Right. And it wasn't like he wanted yeah. you to, st- not that stealing's ever okay. But <laughs> Right, let's clear that up. Not that stealing's ever encouraged, but he didn't give you something and say, hey, like run into this CVS and steal a pack of plates. He gave you like a, a list. list. There was a, a list. And there were list. also some things for the restaurant he wanted. I remember there were like some locks. We needed a padlock or something. <laughs> I remember I went to my brother and I said, he just, uncle just gave me this list, and but he won't give me any money. Uh, Was your brother surprised? No. My brother said, well, we have to steal it. <laughs> he actually said that. I still believed mm-hmm. that this was all a joke. Okay. And that we were going out to buy this stuff. Right. Uh, 
you know, it's like four days before Christmas or whatever. The idea that you're going to like go out and commit a theft and potentially get caught. Before Christmas. Right. It's so just, did they do it? Did they steal the stuff? Well, I knew something was going wrong because I remember my brother said to my cousin, did you wear that long coat today? Yeah, right. To yeah, stuff all my, the stuff in. Yeah. Of course. Okay. A, a big, a long leather. My cousin had a long So were you coat. with them when they did all the thief, this, the stealing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And were so you, I in went. your mind, were you worried that you were going to get arrested? I was terrified. Yeah, I was. I was really terrified. Like, my cousin, he, he, I remember we went to this place, and he talked to the guy at length about the type of locks that they had, and he was saying, well, no, I'm looking for this type of lock. And then the guy said to him, no, we don't have that. And as he said, okay, well, we'll, be, we'll talk to you later. And we left, and he said, they do. And he took it out of his car. <laughs> he was that smooth. I mean... But obviously, because they had worked there for some time, and I I had just arrived there, I was I was I had just become legal age to work. So, uh, but they they were clearly like involved in this system, and it was all nothing to them. And, and yeah, it all went out. And then I remember us all we came back, and yeah. they were pulling all this stuff out from under their coats and throwing it on the table. And it was like uh, Oliver Twist. It now, really was, because my, my uncle was like the dude in Oliver Twist who was sending all the kids out uh, to do his thievery. And, and then they had the Christmas party. And he didn't, now your uncle didn't discriminate in terms of who he would steal from, because he stole from people who you perceived as his friend. Oh, yeah, yeah. We had a florist next door to the restaurant, and I remember they, were, they seemed to be good friends. That guy, I think his name was Johnny, was always in uh, the back room having a drink with my uncle. Uh, chit-chatting. Uh, one day I came into the back and I said, uh, Uncle Johnny's outside. He's uh, talking to, uh, uh, he was talking to my brother. And he, I, I said, he said he's coming back in. He wants to, to ask you about something. And my uncle was like was ha in there having a glass of scotch. He jumped up. What? Get a box. Get a box. <laughs> he's dumping stuff out of a box, emptying it out, right? Uh-huh. And just pulling these bags of stuff out of the box. And he picks up this plant and he's stuffing it. I don't know what it was. And he sees something, help me, help me. Uh, and so he's stuffing the whole thing in and like jamming the top of the box down. And there's like leaves, there's branches sticking out of the box just as the guy opens the door and comes in. Oh, really? Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. So he didn't get caught? And he didn't, no. And it, but it's like... He had to maneuver the guy away from that box because there were all the leaves sticking out of it sure. and everything. Because you'd say, "Well, what the hell is this?" Right. And, and then they chit chatted, and uh, and then he patted him on the back, and he laughed, and uh, he and then he told me, he "said Get that box, uh, get that plant out of the box." You know, I I, I took that for your aunt. He was bringing it home as a gift to my aunt. <laughs> but she must have known that he stole stuff, and he wasn't. I, I don't know. Would would you? I I wouldn't assume that he probably went home the same way my other uncle was coming with the stolen Christmas gifts. He must have. Uh, but you don't think that his wife knew that he was like cheap? Oh, I'm sure. So were you saying that when they exchange Christmas gifts, they could never be sure whether or not the item was hot? Yeah, like if I <laughs> <laughs> if I was with some guy or something that I knew was like cheap like that, and he was bringing me jewelry or like right. nice flowers or something, <laughs> I would probably there would be this thought in my mind of like, oh my this, god, yeah, like he just gave me this why would diamond. Why he uncharacteristically? Right. Yes, he just spend gave all this me money. this diamond. Yeah. Like, did he? 
beat someone over the head and take this. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but beyond the oddity of these stories themselves, I guess the thing I, I want to say that I reflect on as I tell them is that they undermined me, I'm sure, in a, in, in, in a, in a particular way. Mm-hmm. Because, again, the expectation was always like this one of subver- subversion where I'm getting a Christmas gift and this should be like a happy thing and... Or, or, but there's something wrong, right? That I, that I don't completely understand. And then there's this like this fight going on in the kitchen between my mother and father, connected to the fact that I have this toy that I'm playing with. <laughs> oh so picture me as like a seven year old or a six year old, yeah. And you hear the like uh, motorized tank on the ground. <laughs> I don't care. I don't want him in this house anymore. And it's. Yeah, and it's that type of a thing. And then I go, you know, you know, flash, fast forward a little bit, and it's like it's like a weird Christmas carol. Now I'm standing in the Mr. Fezziwig's, but it's my uncle's place. Yeah, and he's, he's like sending me out on a mission to commit theft, uh, just a few days prior, so that I can have the Christmas meal at the restaurant off of stolen paper plates <laughs> and eat it with stolen cutlery and stolen centerpieces. It's terrible. And yeah. And but that's the, that was the environment though that you lived in. Right. It was, uh, and it was happening constantly in, in, in all sorts of, uh, uh, situations, times of year. We could go on and on about this. I, I think we, if people want to hear more of these stories, we should have another podcast and I'll talk about some more of them because, uh, I really believe in, so maybe it loops around to some of what we're talking about in my approach to the holidays now. Now yeah. it's like I kind of want everything to be just um, just right. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I, you, we joke about it because I'm, I, I, I'm like, I've got to get a, a really nice tree and uh, everything's got to be right. And this, because I think I am, maybe on, in a way, I'm just like trying to like, erase all that stuff in a way I don't, I don't know i have this memory of you being so controlling when we put ornaments on the christmas tree <laughs> i was a little kid and i we had the tree in front of a it was in in our living room at the back of our living room and there was a window there that faced out into the backyard and i had this thing i don't i don't know how old i was but i had this thing where i wanted like because we had animals in our backyard a lot yeah, of time. Yeah, the And I wanted them to see, to see the like, Christmas ornaments. <laughs> yeah. But you wouldn't let me put any of the ornaments on the back of the tree. Yeah. They all had to be in the, And you were very controlling about it. So I was really upset. And I was just like a petty, spiteful child. And, and Grandpa was coming over for dinner. So I think part of you wanted to impress him with this picture-perfect Christmas. And so you went into the kitchen after decorating the tree and you left me alone and... If I recall correctly, I took all of the ornaments off the tree and put them all in the back. <laughs> I remember that. I remember at first I wasn't sure where they all went. Right. So I panicked a little bit because some of them were really <laughs> nice ornaments. They were glass, uh, German, I don't know whatever they were, hand blown ornaments. And I'm thinking, oh my God, like what did she do? Did she just like crush them all? Or, but yeah, no. But I. So what did be, you do? I I got upset. Right. But what else did you do? I took them all and put you them on the front. You took them all down and, and you put them on the front. And what we've discussed, like, why did neither of us think to just turn the tree around? 
rather than <laughs> take all the ornaments All we had to do is rotate the tree and it would have been fine. And we had, yeah, yeah, it was, it was silly. But I've tried to be much better about that stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I really have. have. And, uh, but you also like have a, you have a standard of what can go on the tree and what can't. But I've dropped that a bit. What about the tree topper? That has always been great. I mean, I, well, there that we have one, an unconventional tree. Right. Topper. All right. Well, do you that will talk about right that? because I do want to. I do want to talk about that because that will vindicate me somewhat. Okay. Is that you? You made a tree topper out of a Barbie doll. It's well, you helped fact, me. We made it together. Right. It's one of the few intact Barbie dolls. I think that. Do you know made. why there are few intact Barbie dolls? Why? Because you threw all my Barbies. Yeah, I'm away. sorry. I did that because. I don't know you didn't that even happened. Me. I had like so many Barbies. We'll have to dig through the box. You got rid of all their I'm clothes. Sure there was some. All I didn't. anyway. But anyway, you made this really nice tree topper out of a Barbie and then we spray painted it gold. Yeah, the angel. Yeah, and then you updated it uh, maybe five years ago and you made clothing for it. I mean, it is really nice. Yeah, I made it a nice tree Yeah, paper it's dress. always been a great. People have often commented and they'll say, oh, that's such a nice tree topper. And uh, I'll it's tell a spray them. Spray painted say, yeah, Barbie. It's a spray painted Barbie doll. You always worked really hard to convince me that Santa was real. You were a hard sell, though. You never believed in Santa. Never? Not at all? Well, maybe in in the earliest of days. But I remember I would go to great lengths to try to make everything look convincing. Like what would you do? Well, I would take, I would make all your gifts, I would always wrap all your gifts from Santa in separate paper that was you'd never seen before. So you wouldn't associate it with any of the other presents and I would stuff them into the fireplace mm -hmm. and dirty them up a little bit with a little soot because that we used to use that fireplace quite a bit so I would just have if if you looked at it in, when you came down into the room in the morning it looked like somebody had actually dumped a whole load of stuff down the <laughs> chimney because they were stuffed into the fireplace right, and spilling right. out Okay. And I remember I did that one night, and I'm up, and I'm getting everything ready, and finally, it's it's like it's the morning, and I'm waiting, and waiting for you to wake up, and you, you finally do, and you come down, and you look at it, and then you look at me, and you say, you did that. <laughs> it's like, I said, no, I didn't do that. Yes, you did. I know you, and you're telling, and we're having this, like, thing. I know you did. I know you did that, so so don't say you didn't. And it went on. I said, well, look. I said, just like open the gifts. And I did get you with the paper, though. You had doubts about it because they said, well, if I did it, how come that paper is wrapping paper that is nowhere else? I've never seen that paper before. And then you looked at it, and that was the only thing that gave you pause. Yeah. But then you were the, you didn't, uh, you know, once you started opening the gifts, I don't think it would have mattered to you if, who gave them to you. You were just As long have, as I got yeah, my Barbies. Yeah, 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 as long as you were getting your gifts. Well, I have to say, I really appreciate the effort you went through. Even if it didn't fool me, I really appreciate it. Yeah, but I mean, isn't that part of the thing you're supposed to I do? I think there are people that don't do that for their kids, though. Yeah, I don't. Well, I mean, people have different takes on it, and and it's true. I think that some people don't want pe their kids to associate the holiday with acquisition. I think that's getting back to some of the stuff that you were talking about. And I think a lot of it has to do with the way you were raised. You know, for me... Well, I don't know. See, but the thing is, though, I feel differently about kids. Yeah. Well, I, I still don't think that it should like 100% be about that. But right. I do think that it's different, you know, for children because as a child that you do value material things. Yeah. I mean, I was a little girl. I wanted Barbies. I wanted the Barbie dream house and whatever and yeah. the car and whatever. So at that age, I, I did want I remember the gifts. Barbie airplane. 
Yeah. I remember when that crashed but similarly, for the first time. Though, similarly, for the holidays, I mean, I don't have any children that I'm shopping for now, but, you know, whatever. If I my friends have kids in the future or things like that and I visit them around the holidays, I would bring me a lot of joy and I would want to give gifts to children, but I think I just don't think there should be the same societal expectations around adults. Right. Well, people do put themselves under... Uh, they're under a lot of stress and pressure around the holidays. Yeah. It's true. And they work themselves up. I think you're going to like some of the gifts I got you this year, though. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited about that. I think we should check back in after you get them. To yeah, see. definitely. Do you remember when the Barbie airplane crashed? When I crashed my Barbie airplane? Yeah. No. It was pretty funny because it had a loudspeaker system on it with a little microphone that you could pick up and speak I do remember into. that I used to play with that. But I remember you took the Barbie airplane. You had you put all the Barbies in it. Okay. And it and you know it had the crew in the cockpit, and then you took it and you just like threw it. Yeah. And the plane crashed onto the ground and like the thing broke open. The Barbies <laughs> fell out, and then you got on the microphone and you said. We're sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but the plane has crashed. <laughs> it's the funniest thing. It's the that's the last announcement any passenger wants to hear. Well, I think at that point, if they're all spilling out, they're all dead. <laughs> now you had a a uh, a plane, a memorable toy plane crash as well, didn't you? I did, yes. Well, you, there again, it was the uh, back in the 60s. Was that Christmas or a birthday? It was, uh, the planes we got were for Christmas. They were metal. So we're on themes. So. Yeah, they were metal airplanes and they had the just propellers in the front that were metal that you had to spin with your finger. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was all very primitive. Yep. They were just like uh, Piper Cubs or something. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was playing with this a couple of days after Christmas, actually. And I wanted the, to, the plane to crash. So I slammed it into the wall in the yeah. we had Were a you little making little noises in, in, in the house. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and I didn't realize that unlike the walls here that are that are plasterboard walls, they're probably a little sturdier. Yeah. In that house we had a plaster that was actual plaster spread over wooden slats. Mm -hmm. Prior to wallboard, that's how they used to do it. So uh, it was less sturdy if you hit between the slats, which I think I did. Yeah. Because as I slammed the plane into the wall, it went right through the wall. <laughs> and it was just the tail of the plane sticking out in between these wooden slats. But there was chunks of plaster. I mean, if you looked at that wall, it looked like somebody had fired a cannon at it. Yeah. So my mother came running in because she heard all this noise and, and she totally flipped out. And my mother was not a subtle person. She, what did you do, you animal? She's like calling me everything, like and and whacking me around. You know, she ran out to the kitchen to get the spoon she had to choose to beat me with. <laughs> it was again. There was there was another subversive thing because she'd make this wonderful tomato sauce with the spoon, and then but then she'd, she'd, she'd beat the cr crap out of you with the same spoon. So it's like you didn't know what the what the symbolic meaning of this thing was. And yeah, and and it's like so we pulled the plane out, and because I couldn't get the plane out because it had jammed into the slats oh so we pulled the plane out and it just like everything got worse yeah you know, like the whole like thing and chunks yeah, yeah. of plaster were coming out and going all over the place and my mother was kind of a clean freak so the idea that this was happening infuriated her even more and it, it was like and when your father it was that same thing you know like when your father sees this and get but he was he was fine he said 
he I remember he he took a picture of my brother and hung it over the hole until <laughs> he could get the stuff he needed to fix it and well, then he kind of solution. blasted it all but it was a real mess though because the walls had wallpaper right right so i went right through the wallpaper and everything so there was always this like for a long period of time i had to live with this glaring thing that announced that i had stuck this plane through the wall yeah you had to live with your yeah until finally my dad redid the room and and then it was gone well um okay so i think we should wrap up but i will say yes that a lot of people have been asking you for your critique of rudolph the red-nosed reindeer the movie so i think you know closer to christmas we should Put out a special podcast yeah, about Rudolph. Right. All right. Yeah, definitely. So we'll have to, we'll circle back. For yeah, we'll one. definitely circle back. Let's watch it again. Take some notes. I yeah. noticed people on the TikTok video where I had the bookmarks in Amelia Bedelia to help me orient myself. Uh, there was a lot of commentary about that more than I thought. Well, you're trying to be prepared. Right. I just, 59 seconds. You don't have a lot of time. I've got to open to the right page. Right. Well, anyway. Good luck with your Christmas, uh, your holiday shopping. Thank you. Good luck with your holiday shopping. People shopping for Hanukkah as well. Fascinating part about this time of year, the winter solstice, is people have been celebrating this for thousands of years. There's this accretion of traditions and belief systems. I mean, I think a lot of people, maybe a lot of people do look into it, but the concept of Yule, uh, that is not a Christian concept. Right. There was a feast in the Roman Empire called the Saturnalia that took place at this time. That was a two-week. Uh, I, I, I was. I think it was also was a twelve-day feast uh, uh, holiday, just like Christmas is a twelve-day holiday, uh, and it just keeps on going and going and going. And I think it's less about the individual. Uh, uh, for for me, it's less about the individual religious components of it as it is about this time that the world is, you're going into the period of shortest days and you're getting through that transition into a newer time, a, a time of light again. And that to me is the significance of, of the holiday. And I think that a lot of uh, European uh, druidic forest spiritualism, that type of spirituality uh, is embedded in a lot of the holiday traditions, you know, taking the tree in and putting gifts under a tree. Um, so that part of it is interesting well, a to me. A Krampus, that's right. That's a whole other element of it, right? Yeah. Uh, so that part of it is interesting. I think people can sort of tie into this thing that people have been going through for a long, long period of time. And, and uh, there's a, it's a very rich thing. It's, it, 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 there's so much in it. And, and consequently, that much you can get out of it if you're willing to look at it a little bit. And you could do like a whole history it's fascinating. I know. Really well, is. and honestly, you have a fan base that's yeah. really part of your fan base is definitely really interested in that. So that's another option you yeah. could take. Washington Irving wrote a small. You could take a half hour piece where you about just Christmas in England in the 1700s. Talk about and, it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get back to you on Rudolph. Yeah, definitely.